All right, well, welcome this evening to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we've been hitting the, uh, the topic, uh, the blind eye, uh, just uh, similar to what we've discussed or what some of us have communicated in the past, you know, turning a blind eye, you know, something is there, but we're, uh, you know, we have a way of uh, pretending that that is not there or pretending that we can't see it. I think about this uh, example that uh, uh, I've shared in the past. You know, I don't know if I shared it since I've been in North Carolina, but I was, uh, uh, I think it was me and my wife, uh, we were going to an event. Uh, and we go going to this event and his parents were with their child. And the child was uh, this big uh, base with, with a tree coming out of this, the child was standing facing the base. And so the parents was like, say hello, this, that, and the other. So the child wouldn't move, almost like, you don't see me. <laughs> you know, we're all looking at him, but the child's in there like, you don't see me. And I think, you know, when I think of turning the blind eye, I think it's similar. It's almost like, you know, if I don't acknowledge it or if a pretender's not there, I don't have a, a responsibility or an accountability to it. Uh, because I didn't know, <laughs> or, I, or I didn't say, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and so we, we got into last week how when we think of the bl a blind eye, um, you can think of the word denial, being in denial of what's maybe obvious to everyone or what's obvious uh, but you really don't want to see. Uh, we, we used the phrase last week, pretended peace. It's like operating in pretended peace. Scripture says if you keep your, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him in Isaiah 26.3. But we're at, but sometimes we can operate in pretended peace. You know, you, you, know, you talk to someone, and you, how you doing? Is everything all right? Everything's great, but everything is not great. You know, um, not wanting to, um, just be vulnerable, transparent, or to lock in on the reality of the situation. So this denial, it can be dangerous. Let's go to Proverbs 1-7. Proverbs 1-7, this turning a blind eye. It's not necessarily our friend. So uh, Proverbs 1-7 reads this. It says, the fear or the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise Wisdom and instruction, right? So, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, I have a note that I put in my Bible a while ago. Uh, fools independently sever themselves from wisdom. They, they, so they. Uh, another version says, "Thumb their noses at discipline and maturity." to stay childish, thumb their noses, or turn a blind eye to discipline and maturity to stay childish. And you see that played out, like you, you talk to people and you try to encourage them in the things of the Lord um, because they're not happy with uh, either their either relationships or, or their situation in their life. So you say, okay, well, you're not happy here, let me afford you this wisdom. Let me offer this wisdom. And the, the reflex or the, the, the de defensiveness sometimes in response to that is people uh, almost like, well, it does, you know, it doesn't take all that. That's not that important. That's not valuable. So they're turning a blind eye to God's wisdom, but yet the wisdom is what's going to get them out of the situation or put them in the position of peace. Like we're looking of of clear and genuine peace, right? And so uh, I, I think of Caleb and Joshua when uh, in Caleb and Joshua's situation, they didn't turn the blind eye when they went into the promised land. All the other children was like, there's giants in the land, man. Like, man, we can't, it's nothing we could do, man. We can't. We can't possess that land, but Caleb and Joshua said, no, 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 we can. And they were taken back by those that was speaking against God's promise, right? 
Same thing with David. Remember, David showed up. David showed up, and he was coming to bring food, you know, because David spent time with sheep. But there was a war going on, and they were fighting against the Philistines. And so when David showed up, he's with the king, but he hears this giant, you know, talking trash and, and dogging out God. And so he couldn't ignore it, like pretend, well, hey, I just, I'm just here for food. I'm just here to serve food. He's like, like, is, is this, this just cool? Everybody's just letting this happen? So he goes out, he says, why are they just letting this guy, this uncircumcised Philistine, just dog out God? Without anybody doing anything. And so, and he could see everybody was afraid. And so he says, well, I'll go fight him. So he, he didn't turn a blind eye. He accepted the responsibility. And a, another angle or another form of this denial is just a, our life with God in general. It's uh, about to tell you to turn to Proverbs 4. I wrote down the wrong... Proverbs 14, 1, um, but I wrote down the wrong scripture. It's actually Psalm 14, 1. Psalm 14, 1. Uh, and it reads this. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. So the fool has said in his heart, now, again, on the outside, he may look like he's practicing. The fool looks, may look like they're practicing uh, living right. They may look like they're practicing on the outside that they're living right. They may look like uh, they're really serious about the things of God. But in their heart, they're saying there is no God. So their actual actions are lined up with what they really believe in their heart. Because, again, something in them is turning a blind eye to the reality of God. Even some of the things that God has already done in their life and the lives of some people around them. Let's go to Romans 3. Let's look at Romans 3. Again, so sometimes we, whether it's intentional or unintentional, we can turn a blind eye or we can be casual with the things of God. You know, you know, I think about how we when we how we live our life with other things. You know, if if it's if, if if the game is on, we have such a value for the game, we gotta make sure uh we're at the game early. You know, if it's the movies, uh we're there ahead of time, make sure we get our popcorn. But it's amazing how we can almost turn the blind eye to the value of the things in the kingdom, like we can kind of just uh, be casual with them and take them for granted. But we want we want the best of God, but we give God uh, secondary, second, secondary, secondary attention, um, secondary focus. Like God is almost like uh, in addition to not the essential thing in our lives. But we want God to show up for our problems like it's the most important thing in his life. Let's go to Roman, Romans 3, uh, verse 18. And it says this. It says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, when it says fear there, it's not talking about uh, frightened. It's talking about reverence. There is no reverence of God before their eyes. See, they've turned a blind eye to even reverencing God. Turned a blind eye to even reverencing God. No reverence of God in their eyes. You could see it. You could see. You ever, uh, I, well, I'd use uh, Pastor Mel. When I met Pastor Mel, I met her at church, and I remember the first time I went to her apartment. And so we were talking, and uh, and so <laughs> it's just, just and she was like looking, she was on the couch, but she was looking at me from behind. And like, like I had never seen nobody's eyes like that. Like look at me like there was a level of appreciation in her eyes and value in her eyes. And um, like it, that drew me in even more. Um, so, so when God looks in your eyes, does he see that reverence? Like when God looks in your eyes, does he see value and appreciation? 
or does God see like, hurry up and get this over with because I got something else to do, right? But, but when, when we're believing God for something, do we want God to be looking at us like, eh, if I have time, I might get to your issue. I might get to your problem. I might get to your fulfillment, you know. So the measure you meet shall be measured back to you. Proverbs 14. Let's look at Proverbs 14. It's just so interesting, uh, the whole turning the blind eye, because I've lived my life uh, as I've been living for God, very attentive to not just what goes on in my life, but what goes on in other people's life. Uh, you've heard me uh, share the phrase, never, never watch another man fall. And sometimes it could, it, could be, uh, it could be burdensome because you could be having a good day, but you see somebody else falling and you just don't want them to fall. But God has been challenging me lately, like, Keith, let some things play out. You keep getting pulled into to other people's choices. Let them feel that sting. You know, you intercede for them, you know. Um, you know, because at a certain point, you have to allow them to be turned over to uh, the results of their choices, their thinking. You know, let them feel the sting of their thinking. So, so God's been challenging me to back off. So certain situations, I don't even... I listen to it and, and I pray. I'm staying out of it. So uh, Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. So it seems right. It looks right. It acts right. You know, like, like it's almost like the person that makes the dumb decision justifies it. So it's not the dumb decision that's wrong. It's when you justify the dumb decision, you're going to know what? Making another dumb decision because you ain't, you didn't embrace the reality of the decision you made. You you excused it, right? Uh, Proverbs sixteen. Let's go to Proverbs sixteen. It says, "All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirit." So God is weighing what's really in the spirit of a man. But a lot of people, they everybody think that their ways are the right ways. <laughs> You know, that's called deception. <laughs> see, see, denial, deception is denial that's rising out of our subconscious. So it's one thing to visit denial, but to live there, you actually start to, as the scripture says in James, you deceive yourself, right? You can end up deceiving yourself. So you're turning a blind eye to the truth. The truth is trying to free you, but you're you're ignoring it. Because, again, you've allowed yourself to be deceived. Or what I call selective ignorance. Selective ignorance. So selective ignorance is pleading ignorance to earn us a pass. Right? So I'm going to plead, what? What? I, I didn't. Seriously? Man, I didn't even know that. Get out of here. Man, if I would have known, I would have done something totally different for real. Thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for giving me that information. Stop. Just stop. Stop. Stop lying to yourself and everybody around you. <laughs> you know, because so, we have a choice to pay attention. And we, we, we selectively decide to be ignorant, and, and we don't think that we're going to eat the consequences because we'll say, well, I, wasn't, I didn't know. So we aggressively uh, press in and manipulate and hustle everybody around us into craziness. But then when, when it's exposed, what? I didn't know. I'm sorry. Stop, man. Stop. Stop that acting. <laughs> Stop that acting. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's amazing. Like, 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 I watch, you know, I talk to uh, young people a lot. And so the parents, uh, they live one life. And, and I don't know, I think parents have this, uh, this ignorance where they think when they believe the child is paying attention, that's when they're paying attention, at the age that they think they're paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've decided they're probably not going to be paying attention until they get this age, or they're only paying attention when they're in my face. They're not paying attention. When I don't see the child, 
the child's not paying attention. They're in the other room, busy doing something else. No, they're not at the stairs listening to the entire conversation. No, no, they're, they're way in the other room. They didn't overhear your loud mouth on the phone. They, no, they weren't paying attention. No, they, they, they're walking around, doo-doo-doo-doo. No, the child's paying attention to everything, and they telling on you, too. <laughs> just, <laughs> they telling on you. <laughs> so, 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 and that's the thing. Like, the thing about children is a lot of times they don't know how to turn a blind eye yet. So, so that's why you like, shh, shh. Don't be talking my business. Yeah, well, they, well they're, not, they're not ignoring it. They're actually paying attention to everything you're doing. And they're actually going to live out your choices, right? And this is the thing. So, so uh, I want to give you this. It's something I, I studied out a long time ago, the word act, affectation. So, so think of the word affect, A-F-F-E-C-T-A-T-I-O-N, affectation. And so affectation is a, it's a show. It's a pretense. It's a display. So, 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 so a lot of people live in pretense. They pretend they're something. They act like they care. They, uh, they front. They live a life of a front, you know, and that's called affect, at, affectation, affectation, however you want to emphasize. <laughs> so you see, so it's an assumed behavior rather than a natural behavior. Because we don't love our natural selves, so we take on the characteristics of, of others. People you watch on TV, uh, these days everybody's trying to play out what they see on um, reality TV. Um, you know, it's these cameras watching them, and they know cameras watching them, right? I mean, you got some 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 blind folk that forget the cameras there. For the most part, it's still uh, pretense behavior. Uh, here's here's another word for you. Uh, Artificiality. Artificiality. Root word artificial. So that's a, a particular habit of speech or dress. It's a habit of speech or dress, right? Adopted to give a false impression. So people take on a character to give a false impression. So everything is about my mask or my costume, not my character. See, now, now, when you think costumes, we think Halloween, right? But some people, it's Halloween all year round. They always are wearing a costume. And, and, and it's amazing. You ever see people uh, with their selfies and, like, they be taking the selfies, and, of course, they take a selfie certain angles or certain ways, and they, they, they think because they, the costume fooled them, it's fooling everybody looking at the selfie. But everybody, the selfie sees the whole picture, <laughs> right? But they're looking at, you know, they go, what, what, what? They've deceived themselves, and they think everybody else is going to have that same level of deception, right? But they walk around wearing a costume the whole time because they don't love themselves. They don't like that person in the mirror. And, and this happens a lot of times with people that go through trauma or they're neglected or they're taken for granted. They adopt a, a behavior to appear okay. It's like a reflex. They want to appear okay. Like, this didn't really affect me. He didn't really hurt me. Oh, yes, he did. And see, that's not me being cold. That's if you recognize it did hurt, then you feel that pain, and you say, I don't want to feel that pain no more. But if you pretend that it didn't affect you, why would you change? There's no need to change. There's no need to change. You're not feeling the weight of the choice. Right? You have to embrace the brokenness. The scripture says, uh, I don't have that for, the, for you guys watching online, but John 12, 24, except the corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. And so, so what we do is we, we put on these pretenses, we turn a blind eye from the truth, we put on these characters training other people to turn a blind eye. Like, hey, do not express what you obviously see about me. Tell me things that you think I want to hear. And you try to train people to turn a blind eye to the truth that you're breathing and expressing and representing every time you come around. It's like you just train people to, to pretend. Like that you come with a herd of, like I told you, a zoo of pink elephants and you train people to pretend the elephants aren't there. 
and you keep talking. You, you keep running your mouth, hopefully to keep create a diversion where nobody will tell you the truth. Right? And, and so, so we, we live in a culture where turning the blind, blind eye is normal. Like talent affirmation overrides who we are in, eternally. Like a person of a highlight more of what you do as far as your, if you're a good speaker, good singer, you're a good athlete, but the whole time you, you're an idiot. You're acting like an idiot, you're nasty, and you're a fool. But no one addresses that because, boy, uh, he scores seven touchdowns, though. He scores seven touchdowns. Now, he, he's, he's hurt every friend I know. But, boy, that boy can run some touchdowns. <laughs> like me growing up with my, 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 my uh, what was that, eighth grade idol, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the juice, that was my great, great idol. It's like, no, he couldn't have done it. He ran for 2,000 yards. How could he hurt somebody? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a joke, right? That was a joke. All right. All right, so, but that's how we live. We, we live. You know, we live a, a world where we turn a blind eye to uh, the inside. We affirm the outside ignorance, right? And we, we turned a blind eye to the inward reality, right? We were, <laughs> and this is the other thing. You know, I watch how we, we, we see people tripping. We would rather join them in their compromise than to rise to the standard of covenant. Like, so I'm going to turn the blind eye to, like, uh, birds of a feather flock together and fly to the same destination, right? Right? Okay. All right, so I see where they're going. I've been trained and told where they're going. It's obvious where they're going. I'm going to turn the blind eye to where they're going, and I'm going to say, no, no, I'm just, we just cool right here. You know, they cool. You ever, uh, uh, you talk to people that you really care about, and they be like, no, no, they cool, though. They cool, though. They cool. What does that mean? Does that mean it's okay for you to be around uh, the kryptonite? Is it okay for you to destroy your life as long as they cool? So a person can, as long as they're nicely assisting you into going down, it's okay. But if they were being mean and assisting you going down, well, I can't be around that person. They need to treat me nice while they're still in my dreams. Is that what we're saying? Because that's what we say when they, but they cool though, they cool though, they cool. If I, if, if, I won't use me, but if Pete was trying to deceive you, boy, Pete gonna come to church one day, right? <laughs> He'd be like, yo man, why you keep giving me a hard time? If Pete was trying to deceive you, is he gonna be mean to you? That don't draw you in. All y'all that's, a, all of us that's been played, we were played by meanness? They always treating us nice while they was sucking the life out of us. <laughs> Some of them still sucking the life out of you right now. Yeah, you. <laughs> Pastor, why are you going to do me like that? I'm not doing you like that. You doing you like that. I'm just not turning a blind eye to it. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Let's turn to Titus. Let's turn to Titus. Titus is wonderful. I mean... Well, Timothy and Titus, it talks about the, you know, the qualifications of elders, deacons, and all that stuff. But it also talks about how we should operate just as, as the older, the younger, and women and men. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this. Uh, I think I'm switching up Sunday. Sunday, uh, we're going to talk about sober sight. <laughs> we're going to talk about sober sight on Sunday. But uh, it's amazing how. God wants us to be uh, clear thinkers. I'm operating with a different Bible because I made a mistake and took my Bible home. Don't normally do that. My other Bible home. All right, so Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. And we'll start here at verse 10. It says, for, th for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, <laughs> especially they of the circumcision. He didn't say uncircumcision. He said of the circumcision. 
He said, look, he said, there are many unruly. I'm reading that right. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's right. It says many unruly, right? Is that correct? Insubordinate. How about that? Okay, that's what that means, right? And it says, and vain talkers. Y'all know that, right? All about conceited, narcissistic, all about self. It says, and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Verse 11. Look, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. This is saying, hey, don't turn the blind eye to these deceptive people. It says, it says hey, they're deceivers. They're doing all, the time this, all types of stuff. It says it's, they're ruining houses. Look, it's, look, wait a minute. Hold on. Just making sure we all reading the same, same script. It says, especially they of the circumcision. Now, you know, circumcision was the people that set themselves apart. They circumcised themselves. Uncircumcised, this was people that didn't. It says the people that were supposed to be setting themselves apart, that people that you call of the household of faith, they're deceiving folk. Look, destroying houses, giving advice that that's comfortable for them at the expense of somebody's life, feeding their own egos at the expense of somebody's life. You know, because misery likes company, right? Did I get some amens? Oh, that was y'all out there in TV land. And I, I, whoa, I see you. I see you jumping up, running around the house. I got you covered. Because y'all definitely ain't running around in here. All right, so, <laughs> so, so you, know, you know, Pastor Mel was talking about uh, one time she had made this statement. I thought it was powerful. Made a couple statements. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? See, so if I'm turning a blind eye, am I going to be at peace with God? Because there's something that I'm designed to not only recognize, but to address, to assist somebody with the truth and love. And Pastor Mel also made this statement. Make sure you're walking in truth. A person turning a blind eye is not walking in truth. And so uh, after this particular teaching, we were all sitting here talking. So <laughs> Pastor Mel made this comment. She says, you know what I think what our challenge is? We be lying to ourselves. She said, we lie to ourselves. And, and, and we've, we've done it so well, we believe the lie we've told ourselves. <laughs> and now that's become our truth, right? We've been lying to ourselves. And, and, the, and the trip is we're stealing our own lives. We're turning a blind eye from the truth that we need to face so we can be free from the situation that we say we don't want to deal with. I can't repeat that because yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get it on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get it on video myself. I can't repeat that. That was all right. So, so, so this is the thing. We do things to heart that to harden our hearts. The scripture talks about their they have hard hearts and they're dull of hearing and seeing. And, and when you're dull of hearing and seeing, you're dull of the ability to comprehend revelation. You've dull of, the, dull of the ability to comprehend revelation. So what happens is there's something that we'll talk about this in sober sight on Sunday, but there's, there's things that we can't see. That's one thing, but there's things that we're ignoring. And so, and we do, and every time we are ignorant, ignoring something, every time we're turning a blind eye of something, look, look, so, so this is good. What you, if you don't use it, you lose it, Right? So when I broke my knee, uh, 2000, had a cast on, and so, you know, I had to wear the cast for a while. So when I came back, and they finally took the cast off, because when I broke my knee, I go to the hospital, they, they put me out, I wake up, I have a cast. Don't know what's underneath the cast or nothing. I'm out cold. Uh, I'm in pain, but I'm out cold. So I don't know how many weeks went by, you come back, and the guy says, I want to check it out. He, so, so he took the cast off, and I'm looking. I'm like, there's staples all in my knee. I said, so you put staples in my knee? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then I looked at something else. My, my leg muscles had atrophied. Like I, they were, there was no, it was almost like there was no muscles. Like it was, you know, almost like jello or something because I wasn't using them. 
Right, so it's the same thing. When you turn the blind eye, when you stop using it's, I tell my wife this now, because uh, we were talking about how we, we, there's a lot of the phone numbers we don't know now because we don't have to use our, our brain anymore for phone numbers. It's just you just hit, hit names and buttons or what have you. Um, but there's certain things I do to keep my memory sharp. Like I, I remember my credit card number. Like, I, I just do stuff like the credit card number, the, what is it, what, the, they ask for the credit card number, they ask for the expiration date, and then the code on the back, I, I know it. I, so I do stuff like that because I got to keep my brain working. Uh, when I'm typing in scripture and stuff like that, we have to do the lower thirds and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll look at it one time, and I want to just remember it. I don't want to have to keep looking back and forth because I want to keep my brain sharp because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. But imagine if I could use my brain and I go, and I'm just pretending, I don't know. Oh, this, this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, uh, you ain't even trying to figure it out. You run to somebody else to figure it out for you. Well, now you have the ability to figure it out. You just don't want to stretch yourself to do it. So now you're, going, you're atrophying your ability to do stuff or you, you start this, this dumb process, and I said dumb because I don't like it, this dumb process when you're young of, of saying you're not as smart as other people. You're young. Intelligence is something you can grow and, and stimulate. We all are intelligent. It's just some people have excused themselves to say, well, I'm not as smart as most people. Okay. Make that statement when you've actually exhausted every avenue to, to stretch your capacity to learn. Not, I would rather play than learn. That ain't stupid. That's, I, I would rather just use my brain for games than for life. So I said that to say when we turn a blind eye, we're atrophy, atrophying our discernment. Our ability to pick up stuff even when we're not paying attention. There's something in you, it's just like peripheral vision. If you don't use it, you lose it. You, some people only see, their tunnel, they have what you call tunnel vision. They only see only the things in front of their face that deal with them and around them. But there's some people that see the whole picture all the time because they use the ability to pay attention. They're used, it's exercised on a consistent basis, but some people don't want to know. Those are the people when you, as they get older, they don't know. And, 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 and people are constantly getting on, getting on them at their jobs or on their teams because they're like, dude, you didn't see that? And the reason why is they've trained themselves to turn the blind eye. Turning the blind eye has become their habit. Let's go to Matthew, no, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. I mean, you know, I felt like I would be able to express some of this stuff today without any indignation, at least when I was driving. You know, you drive, you feel a certain way. I felt in a good spirit. Like, I was like, I, you know, I'm just going to speak the truth in love today. And uh, really, you know, I didn't feel nothing. I was just like, you know, because, hey, man, we, we, you know, we all just trying to do this thing, right? That's how I felt. Um, but what's coming up <laughs> is a little bit different. <laughs> so... And, 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 and the interesting thing is because, like, why are we coming to church? Why have we accepted Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Why? And, and, and the scripture says, who builds a house and doesn't count the cost? When you sign on to a life with Christ and to fulfill the purpose with God, does it happen right away? Is it, is, is it supposed to happen in, instantaneous? Let me ask you something. The mess that you, you're in, was the instantaneous, the funk that you've been trying to get out of. Hey, I'll I bring it closer to home. Hey, the weight that you picked up, did that happen in, instantaneous? Did that happen, I mean, did that happen instantaneous? Did it just, you know, one day you was 15 pounds, and the next day, you was 115 pounds. Is, is that how it works? No, no, it was a process, right? Okay, yeah, just making sure. All right, so, so 
if it was a process, why does when we sign on to God, we look for instant results? And then, uh, then we, 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 you know how we say we're working on something? We start working on it, and then if it doesn't happen within a few weeks, like, like we work hard for a few weeks, and then after a few weeks, man, you know, it's just taking too long. Wait, 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 wait. But how come you weren't saying that when you was, when you got yourself into the situation? You didn't say, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm shutting this compromise down. For these three weeks, it's taking too long for me to get in trouble. I'm shutting this thing down. I'm not, gonna, I'm not compromising no more. It's just taking too long, man. <laughs> or or, or you're gaining weight, man. I have it. It's taking too long to gain weight. I'm not eating no more. I'm just going to go back to exercising because it's just a waste of time not exercising and being lazy because it's taking too long for me to gain weight. Don't work that way, do it. Okay, all right. All right. All righty. See, that's going over real well. So Mark 8, <laughs> 17. Mark 8, 17. It says, and when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? And he says, perceive ye, ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? He said, having eyes, see ye not? Okay, so somebody just was picking with me and said I was sarcastic. Are we reading the scripture right here? Do you think Jesus is really asking a question? That he didn't have an answer for? All right, so leave me alone. All right, so having eyes see not, it says, it says, having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not? Do you not remember? And then he breaks down, uh, I broke the five loaves of bread, and he, he started breaking down the miracles, right? What was he saying? He was like, were you there? Like, like you guys are asking a question as if we're in an impossible situation of something that I've already done. Where, did you turn your blind eye to, to what I did already? He says, have your heart hardened? Because he, now he's like, are we tripping right now? He says, I see eyes in your head, but are you using them? I see, you look like, I, I know God gave you some ears, but can you hear? Like, what we're in, the situation we're in right now, what he's saying is, oh, no, 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 no. This is not, I wonder how this is going to work out. No, I've already laid the mat to give you advanced information for this. Did you turn your blind eye to everything that I've been doing? Was it selective ignorance? Denial? Are you pretending? Because I don't understand why y'all reasoning and trying to figure out why he say do this and why he say do that? I'm just saying, Jesus, why y'all picking with me? Go pick with Jesus. Let me, I, let me see you pick with Jesus. Oh, I don't think so. All right, so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> see, see, this is the thing. Um, it's one thing to see with your eyes, another thing to believe what they show you. It's one thing to see with your eyes, it's another thing to believe what they show you. See, when you harden your heart, it's to reject. Harden your heart rejects renewing the mind. Hardening, hardening your heart is rejecting renewing the mind, right? And what it does is, is it has, you're numbing your attentiveness and comforting your naivety. You're numbing your attentiveness and you're comforting your naivety. You're comforting your ignorance. You're comforting your incompetence and you're comforting your foolishness. And so, so, so that's why it's not healthy to turn the blind eye. Like it's not good to not address behavior, to pretend, to live and pretend. You know, everybody gets together for, for the holidays and it's like 17 pink elephants in the room. But everybody's pretending that they're not there. Oh, how you doing? Oh, it's so great to see you. And everybody in the room before the person showed up is like, I hope they don't come. Then they get, they show up and be like, oh, it's so wonderful to see you. We were just talking about you. We're so happy to see you. No. Listen, let's all sit down and talk because in all honesty, like, it, it was a struggle for us 
if you were the king. And let us, let, us, let us tell you why. Let us tell you how what you've been doing has affected us. Might not be in your intent, but let's, let's like, like, I don't want to be the one to keep pacifying it. But, I, but I, hey, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not cutting you off. But if somebody don't, if I don't tell you, I'm a part of the problem. Okay. Y'all see that, that, that went over well, too. All right, so, so, so this is the thing. You know, do you want to know? Um, so, so we got to lock back into sin. We got to lock back into living in the truth. You know, uh, you know when, when, when couples grow together and, and one, or, one or both of them been exposed to insecurity, one of the things that irritate them is what, what we call what? The double take, right? You know what the double take is, right? So that means you looked, and then you <laughs> then they jerk your head back around again. The double take, right? But, but, but what God is asking, he's asking for a double take. So in other words, your default is you see something, you turn the blind eye to it. He's asking you to double take and to lock in on what you've been ignoring. Right, which the truth you you have not been uh, paying attention to, and so so let's look at Joshua three. Joshua three again, he wants us to to look back in the sin. This is going to actually connect to Sunday's message on sober sight, sober sight. I should have created something that we could, every time I said it, we could just flash that up on the screen <laughs> to pub the message, right? All right, sober sight. So, so, so if you really want to uh, get out of some of this craziness, I'll, I should see you on Sunday, or at least you should be looking in on Sunday. Well, if you're going out for other stuff, then I'm sure you definitely will be coming to church. All right, so uh, see Joshua 3, <laughs> starting with verse 3. That was sarcastic, wasn't it? Yeah. So you, it's, it, what, what, because I was, I was about to say maybe it was sarcastic, but DJ had a good point, like, it's, it actually is a good point. If you're going out, right, for, for other things, then you would definitely come to church. Like, why would church be the thing you wouldn't do, you know? Yeah, so if you're going out for other things, then you should definitely come to church. Yeah, so. Because I don't think all the other places are pleading the blood of Jesus at all. I, okay, I don't know this. Some of these places may be pleading the blood of Jesus. I know we are. All right. All right, so, so Joshua 3, uh, verse 3. We all family, right? So, all right, so verse 3, it says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Actually, this is the uh, this is a part of Joshua seven talks about it too. Part of how I got to Ohio to meet my lovely wife. Uh, similar scripture to this in Joshua seven. Uh, it says uh, in verse four it says, "Yet there shall be a space between you and it." Now, the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God, right? So, so it says, "Remove from your place and go after it." Where God's going, we should be going. It says, yet uh, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, I guess uh, spiritual social distance in here, right? It says, come not near unto it that ye may know, uh, uh, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. So it says, you haven't gone where you're about to go, Right? But the only way you're going to go, know which way to go is to follow, follow the presence of God. 
Verse 5, and Joshua said unto the people, look, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you, things that has never happened. All right, so to see God, to go where you've never gone before, to, to get rid of this whole blind eyes, right, you're going to have to, we have to sanctify ourselves to see what we haven't seen, to go where we haven't been going. Because if we don't sanctify ourselves, so, so once I recognize I have a, I've been having a blind eye, okay? So let's just say that's you out there at TV land, right? So your thought is if you're, you know, you want to embrace the things of God and you're like, man, th that's me, I need to change. Your first thought is I'm not going to do that no more. Make sense? A lot of us do that. I'm not going to do it. If, if, if we all stop doing what we didn't need to do because we said it, we all be walking on water right now. But what Joshua was saying is, you got to sanctify yourself, just like these come out by prayer and fasting. You almost have to have a reset. Now, we're going to talk about this Sunday. You have to have a reset. You have to dial yourself back or purge yourself, remove yourself totally of what was influencing or clouding your view. But you can't be drinking tasting and touching and exposed to what's clouding your view and think you're making clear choices. Think you're not going to still have that blind eye, right? So that's what Joshua was saying. See, it's, and this is what's facilitating our lack of fulfillment. Our lack of fulfillment has been our denial, not, God, not God's delay. Our, look, our, our lack of fulfillment has been our denial or blind eye, not God's delay. We think God's delay is causing us not to be fulfilled. Like, we actually think we're waiting on God. Oh, when's God going to show up? When's God going to do this? When God, hey, hey, man, man, I, I'm tired of waiting on God. When the whole time, you ain't waiting on God. You're waiting on you. You're, but you're in denial, so you're blaming God, you're blaming circumstances, you're blaming this, but it's you. You're in denial. See, remember the scripture says God is looking at, he's trying the spirit. Every way seems right to a man in his own eyes. All, the, all man's ways are clean, but God's trying the spirit. So he's looking at the spirit, he's going, like, are you serious? Like you, you're having a form of godliness, you're saying all the things, but in your private life, you don't live godly? Like, like, you think your value is what you do when you show up before all the godly people and you say all the godly things? No, it's what you do when no one's watching. That's the measure of your life? When no one's watching. And the, this is what I mean. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, Psalm 14.1, we just read it, right? I, I didn't say the fool has said to everybody. No, the fool is saying to everybody, God is wonderful. But in their heart, they're saying there's no God. You're saying, no, I would never say that. Your actions are saying it. If you can do something and hide and think God don't see you, you're saying in your heart there is no God. You actually think you can do this and God's not there looking at, like, are we serious right now? And then you go on, then you come publicly and go, well, I don't understand why this is happening to me. Are we serious? Well, I, I just don't understand. So, so that person is saying in their heart, God didn't see what I did. So, that, so, so since nobody saw it, I don't know why this is happening. But if you believe there's a God and he was watching, you, you know God saw it, so you know why it's happening. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. I get a little hype there. Like I, I just... <laughs> We can't be turning the blind eye to this stuff, man. Come on, man. What are we doing? This is the thing, like, this whole blind eye thing. We excuse ourselves or we excuse ourselves away to any, from anything we can't control or master. See, so, so when the requirements for fulfillment may be something that's out of our control and we can't master. But we turn the blind eye to the actual requirements. Because we can't control or master them without, see, you're not supposed to. 
Apart from him, you could do nothing. It's set up where you have to stay connected to God. Well, see, I, now I want stuff where I can control, where I can manipulate. Keep it real, that's why we freelance, because we're in control. We don't want to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service, service, the least we can do. And it's amazing, like, what's, what's that? What's the, man, I, I hate doing secular stuff. Uh, so I'm just going to say it because I'm not, I'm not going to try to sing. But what is it? They smile in your face all the time. They want to take your place, those backstabbers. But, but I, think, I think God feels that way. Right? Because they smile in my face. But they, they stab me in my back. They don't represent me. They don't talk about me. They, they're, they're in denial half of the time. And then they blame me when they make choices. I, they're turning a blind eye to, the, to the, the, the real truth, excusing their way from anything. And so, so, so let's go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. And so training ourselves to have a blind eye steals us from seeing the very thing that we need to see to get to this place of fulfillment in our lives and to assist other people around us. We talked about last week, don't turn a blind eye to the behaviors of others. We don't have to get into the scripture again in 1 Corinthians 5 and some other things, but, but it's, I'm, I'm trying to get the fulfillment, but everybody, I'm trying to assist everybody around me to get in fulfillment. Like, I'm not a hater. Like, I'm not assisting everybody into falling, I'm assisting people into being fulfilled, even if they get to fulfillment before I do, which has happened in my life a lot of times. Tremendous amount of time. It's going to happen. I'm a priest. I'm a servant. So I'm assisting people to get to fulfillment way before I've ever gotten to fulfillment. Took me, it took us 40 years to get out of debt. We, are, we, we, we moved out here 10 years. We leased for 10 years. We leased apartments, houses, all types of stuff. Took us 10 years to get a house. All types of people got houses. But we wasn't tripping. Like, what, our job is to help other people get to fulfillment. We'll let God take care of us. But some of us, no, 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 no. Nobody gets fulfilled until I get fulfilled first. You that same little kid that got to be first in line. Same little kid knocking everybody down to get first. Yeah, that was you. I remember you. Knocking everybody, pushing everybody. I want to be first. I want to be first. And you're still, still living like that same little kid life. I got to be first. So now you're turning a blind eye. You have what can help that person. But instead of you helping them, now, I'm not going to help them because they may, they, they may blow up. You know, they, 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 they may go to another level. You're going to keep it for yourself? It's a seed. You sow it, you reap a harvest. Selfish, vain is what the scripture said earlier, right? And so, so, so this is what happens. We turn a blind eye uh, to the full picture, the whole picture. Ephesians 3, I told you to go there, right? Verse 18. It says, uh, well, I, well, I'll start with verse 14. It says, for this cause, I bow, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul praying, right? praying for realization. It says, of, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, right? It says that he will grant you according in harmony, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, look, may be able to comprehend fully understand and master with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. That's the whole picture. That's the whole picture right there. It says, look, and to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, it's about seeing the whole picture. See, you just saw the height, depth, length and width. That's, that's a four-dimensional life. It's a four-dimensional life. The adversary tries to render us into a one-dimensional life. One-dimensional is surface only. That's that, that, that front, that presentation, surface only. 
Only thing, everything is about on the surface. Is is what is is what name brand I have on. It's how I look, what style I have, what I drive. All this surface stuff. Now, my my the true person of who I am has no value, right? See, so so that 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 surface life, as opposed to the whole picture, seeing afar off, as it says in First Peter, the deep things of God, as it talks about when it talks about the kingdom, right? The height, the heaven realm, seeing more outside of just the surface. See, see the, 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 the one-dimensional is the surface life. The two-dimensional is acknowledging God. That's when you acknowledge God. See, once I acknowledge God, now it's not just surface because I'm considered more than just the natural. The three-dimensional life is God is real to me. That's the depth of his love. He talks about the depth of his love. So God's real to me in the three-dimensional life. Four-dimensional four life, I'm walking in power. See, but we don't go that deep. We don't want to. See, we're, we're turning a blind eye. Well, you know, I, I read scripture. I went to the Bible. I said all the scriptures, the, the, the Christian language, I got it down. Listen, man, I know men of God that can, that, that can work this word. I'm talking about they can sling this word, Right? And it's still surface. And, and why, why? Because, again, they're acknowledging their, 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 their ability to communicate a certain way, not God. That's two-dimensional. Then they haven't gone deep in the love for God because if they did, you would feel it. That's three-dimensional. And ain't no power nowhere around them. That's that four-dimension. Right? And so that's what we're trying to do. See, see, when, 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 um, when Jesus first met the disciples, the disciples were, um, they were religious. They had, a lot of them were religious. So they were two-dimensional. They acknowledged God. See, that's what religion is, I'm acknowledging there's a God. So, so, so they were two-dimensional. When they met Jesus, three-dimensional. Because now they're experiencing the love of God and God is real and stuff like that. After the upper room, there was four-dimensional. Four-dimensional. It's a whole nother level. See, when you turn the blind eye, you're turning your blind eye to the whole picture. You're turning the blind eye to the whole picture, and you just stay on the surface. And as long as you can gift of gab your way around the truth, the whole picture, you, you, you good. Got away with that. They believed that. They went for that. I manipulated that. Uh-huh. They liked them. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sabotage them, then they won't like them, so then now they can't, they won't focus on my flaws. Why not change the doggone flaws? Why do you have to tear somebody else down? Why not just change? Stupid. All right, let's get back to it. See, see, see it's the same thing with the disciples. Disciples, you know, here they, 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 they were surface. They acknowledge God. Jesus took them through a certain process. Then after the upper room, you'll see even the guy with the gate, uh, at the gate called Beautiful. The guy at the gate called Beautiful, they went through all the dimensions with him, right? See, if, if, if they would have just gave him prayer, you know, you know how we do somebody, somebody really need help from God, they need a miracle, we go, I pray for you. So, so that's two-dimensional. That's acknowledging God, Right? If they would have gave him money and the word, right, that would have been three-dimensional. They would have exposed them to the real God, right? That's that, you know, the, the, the prayer would have been the leper's anointing. The, the money and the word, that's the priestly anointing. But when they told him to get up and walk, that's the kingly anointing. That's that fourth dimension. That's deep. That's power. See, so when we turn the blind, like persons at the person sitting there at the gate, I guarantee you, just like the, the, the Good Samaritan, people walk right by that guy. They turn a blind eye to him at the gate because they're like, man, listen, you know, I, I, I give you this example. This guy, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he was in a wheelchair for some years. And uh, so, so well, when he came to church, because we, didn't, we weren't, uh, what do you call it? Is it handicapped? Uh, accessible, yeah. What handicap accessible, so you get to the stairs, it wasn't a ramp. We had to, somebody had to help them up the stairs. But certain people would turn a blind eye 
because they didn't know what to do. They didn't, for lack of better words, they didn't want to break them. And so he was at the, he would pull up in the parking lot. And so I was in the parking lot, so I went, I said, you need help. You all right? He was like, yeah. He said, he says, well, I appreciate you coming to help me. So we sat in the, the van and talked for a while before service started. He said, he said, watch this. And so I won't say who it was, but this was a leader that walked by. He said, man, see, that person walks by me all the time. I said, well, you know what it is? I said, I told him, I said, what it is is, I said, people are uncomfortable. I said, because they don't know what to do. I said, don't let, don't let me spoil you. I just can't ignore you need help. But be honest, I'm, I, I process what they process through because I, I don't want you to fall. Like, th this is not something I do every day. So I had to, you know, when you get to the stairs, he grabbed, grabbed me by my neck. I had to have him like this. And then, you know, somebody put the, uh, the wheelchair at the top of the stairs to get to the top of the stairs, let him go and put him in the chair, right? But I wasn't, I wasn't a master at that. It was uncomfortable. Uh, my sister-in-law, I was walking with my sister-in-law one time, and, and I would try to, if I saw her, she needed help, I would walk with her because she was dealing with MS. And so we were walking, and, and, and we had these uh, flowers and stuff, so she, she lost her balance, and she fell. Well, I felt bad. I didn't push her. I, I did what I was supposed to do, but I still felt bad because it was on my watch. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes people turn a blind eye. This guy at the gate, people turn a blind eye because they didn't want to have to embrace the humility that they may need some of God to help this guy. The disciples couldn't do that. They couldn't turn a blind eye to what this guy needed. And, and so... This is the thing, like, uh, uh, we have, we have uh, I shared this the other day, but we have uh, these new things in cars. Uh, now, I have it when I'm backing up, but some of y'all probably got it. Lane, was it, uh, lane, what's it called? Driver's assist, right? But when we turn the blind eye, we're disab dis disabling our spiritual driver assist. Because what does it do? It, t it lets you know when there's something outside of the, your normal path or if you're going outside of the path. Like, we're disabling that thing. Like, the Holy Spirit is our driver assist. Hey, 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 hey. You can't turn the blind eye to the Holy Spirit. That, that conviction is saying, stop. You can't turn the blind eye to that. What you're saying is, hey, no, I just want to destroy my life. And, and you don't just get that moment Man, that stuff pile up. You know, some of us are still recovering from dumb choices. I said some of us still recovering from dumb choices. That's why it took us 40 years to get out of debt. Dumb choices got us into debt, and, and it, didn't, it didn't take us 40 years to get into debt, but it took us 40 years to get out. Right? That, but we made dumb choices. Look, look, me and my wife both could tell you, even when we weren't together, I guarantee you, uh, there was times guys like, babe, uh, he, he probably was like, Melanie, don't even buy that. Nah, you don't need that car. She probably was like, well, it's going to be okay. And same thing with me. I was like, oh, it'll be all right. Come on, it's Christmas, man. You got to buy gifts for people <laughs> with no money, using credit, thinking, oh, you know, when tax time come, you know, I'll just pay that off. How'd that work? It just piles up. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't want to go off the rails here. This is the thing. Challenge yourself to not turn a blind eye because blind minds are trying to eat your flesh one piece at a time. See, see, see this is the thing. Uh, the scripture says, Peter, Pete, <laughs> Satan is desire to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying that your faith fails not. He's trying to break you down piece by piece by piece. So every time you turn the blind eye, there's something else that's going to be broken down. So, so if you don't prepare for a situation that hasn't existed yet, the situation is still coming, which you won't be prepared for. But I guarantee you, God is telling you what to do to be prepared. But, but and this is what happens. This happened to somebody close to me. When you're not prepared, instead of saying, I should have been prepared, I can't believe this happened to me. Why can't you believe it? You prepared 
for the possibility of it not working out when you didn't do all you could to be prepared for it. When you decide, when you decide to cheat and be lazy, look for crazy. And it's not a punishment. It's actually you getting what you want. Anytime you're risking what you desire by compromising cheating, man, don't, listen, I've compromised and cheated. And that's why I haven't been complaining in my life because I put myself in this position. I did that. I couldn't blame nobody. That's why I wasn't complaining. You interview God. I couldn't blame God because it wasn't God's fault. I knew better. I, I made some dumb decisions, especially as an athlete. Man, I blew so many opportunities, it's crazy. Dumb. And, and the thing is, but I will say this, it still was my dumbness, but nobody was telling me what you've been getting. I, I wouldn't even afford it, the stuff that you've been affording. Without excuse. Without excuse. I don't care if everybody around you idiots. You have no excuse. 